Listening to the KSR Football Podcast. Welcome into the KSR Football Podcast presented by Justice Dental. I'm Nick Roush, joined today, as always, by Drew Franklin, Freddie Maggard, and Charles Walker, who I think was just showing a crotch shot on Zoom. Shout out to this being a straight audio podcast. Thank you for that lovely site, Charles. It's much appreciated. As he stuffs a banana in his mouth. Uh, just professionalism, as always, here on the KSR Football Podcast. Charles, you can eat it because we have some huge recruiting wins to talk about. We have spring football. It's come and gone just like that lickety split. Uh, and then the NFL draft is right around the corner. It's next Thursday. Can you believe it? We are 10 days away. It's It snuck up on me, Drew. I'm not going to lie. Exciting times around UK land uh, with the practice ending, but the huge uh, commitments on the weekend. And as you said, next week we got at least two guys going to hear their names very early in the process and a couple more to follow. Yeah, it's uh, Freddie. I know Drew called it a huge recruiting weekend, and that's a great, great way, uh, the perfect word to describe quite literally a huge, huge recruiting weekend. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Kentucky gets three four star players. With significance, you get two out of Nashville that Tennessee really wanted, and and with Keaton Wade, you get you get a, a linebacker, an outside linebacker that can rush the passer. Certainly something that Kentucky uh, is seeking out. And then his brother Destin, I think, is an athlete that's going to play somewhere. I think he's going to get a shot at quarterback. He deserves to do that. Lee and Cohen was involved with his recruiting recruitment, so uh, two big time athletes, but from Tennessee that UT wanted. So that's a win and win win. Mm-hmm. wins in situation and then with a uh, generational tackle Keontae Goodwin is uh you know he's a plug-and-play starter at left tackle six foot eight 300 pounds runs a four nine forty and benches 225 well over 20 times and he's a junior in high school uh, <laughs> uh you know I think I think in all if, if things develop as those in the know project uh Goodwin could be a three-year player in Lexington then on to the NFL and the thing is, too, Freddie, you talk about winning over, you know, getting guys from the state of Tennessee that Tennessee wants really bad. Charles, right. we deal with all those honks at Louisville. They just want anybody to commit to their school. They can't find anybody who would want to get within 100 miles of that place. And Kentucky goes in and steals a six foot eight kid from the West End just right from out from front of their nose. They weren't even under consideration. It's glorious, absolutely glorious. Right on the head. And, uh, what Satterfield probably gonna take a take a call to an SEC school next week anyway, so I think that's why why they're not getting anyone. Yeah, it also doesn't help when all of your assistant coaches leave. Uh, you know, trying to get anybody to just 
whew, things are not going well over there. Tennessee, they at least just took whoever they could get to try to get some good news before the bad news dropped, which I always enjoy that, Drew. They're like, we're going to curve this bad news off at the pass by getting uh, a couple of just low-level three stars so we don't look like complete buffoons whenever these kids commit to UK. I like uh, – well, I'll start with Louisville. Uh, I like that the Wade Twins included Louisville to, to be sure to dump them with Tennessee. They were a finalist. I know that was never real consideration, but it's always nice to just add that team to the sentence when you're writing who they picked them over. Mm-hmm. And uh, it added – I like with the Wade Twins, the Tennessee component, they had dropped Tennessee from their top nine uh, when Pruitt got fired. New coach comes in, they welcome him back with open arms, and then drop him again. It's like they got double dumps. So <laughs> I, I love that how the balls got hit twice by the Wade Twins. Man, have y'all ever been double dumped before? I don't. <sighs> oh yeah, <laughs> I think my first girlfriend dumped me like eight times. Well, because I mean, I know Charles has done the thing where you like take a break or whatever, and then you go back with them. I mean, it never works out once you go back. It never does football career took a little break might go back i don't know yet but nah, we'll see <laughs> only time will tell oh but th- those were huge recruiting wins and at freddie and i know in goodwin's case too you know we we talk about the nfl talent stuff in generational talent well how come he's not even a five-star like blah 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 blah, blah. That, that's the best part about Keontae goodwin is he's an incredible athlete that still has uh, some upside to him uh, he is – he's gotten better with his technical skill, but there's room to grow. Uh, and- yeah, there, there's always room to grow with these offensive linemen. A lot of them are slow cookers. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we can go back four-star in-state offensive linemen that make Kentucky now a destination program as far as developing offensive linemen talent or line talent. And you go back John Young, Jagger Burton, Grant Bingham, Keontae Goodwin, that's four four-star players that Kentucky kept in the state of Kentucky – kept in state. When, you know, Stoops and Maryland, they were going against some, some uh, the big dogs in college football. Uh, you know, you kept hearing Notre Dame with Bingham and then with uh, Goodwin. Dabo, Saban, Ohio State, they all wanted him. Every team, every program's chips were all, all in on the table. And Kentucky gets a, gets a recruiting win out of Louisville like that. Uh, it's significant in so many different areas. I, I got I got stuck on hold. I, w- I was waiting for – to interview him before his announcement because Saban was blowing up his phone. So he had, he had to go yeah. talk with the other Nick before he talked to the real. <laughs> um, but it, I mean, it's also one of these things too, where offensive linemen in general, I know it's hard to get too hyped about them. I mean, we all love our fair catch waivers like Charles Walker. They have fun highlight reels, but this guy it's, it's hard to uh, accurately portray just the magnitude of i mean drew you saw how big he was next to wandale he's just a behemoth of a human and when if him and wandale were running sprints in that facility he wouldn't be that far behind him when they're doing their 50 yard down and backs because he can flat out move this kid is an unreal athlete for his size yeah you were at his ceremony and i was kind of following along your pictures and that picture of him greeting wandale <laughs> Without reading the caption, I just thought that was some little kid and his family that ran up and said hello. But what's Wondell? I mean, I know he's a little under six foot, but Wondell's a college football player, and he looks like an infant next to Goodwin in those photos. Isaiah Cummings, he was there. I'm pretty sure he was also an aspirations kid. He's every bit of 6'5", and he is filled in. Like He he was always bigger. Um, 
but that's the first time I've seen him after being a year in school because of all this COVID crap. And my God, I mean, and, and even Keontae like looks down on him, you know, I mean, <laughs> it's just, he, he is an unreal talent that Kentucky picked up and the cats, they are got all the way into the top 10 of the 2022 recruiting rankings. They only got eight guys in there. Most of them are four stars. It's, it's kind of fun going down the, the 24 seven thing and just seeing all the star power. Um, and the thing is, is that there's no slowing down. Uh, there's a commitment at, we're recording Monday night commitment Tuesday morning on KSR. And then there's a kid from Ohio, uh, who's actually his isn't until I keep thinking Derby's like next week. He's, he's committing the week after Derby, but the cats are, they're on a roll. They're rocking and rolling. They got a lot of momentum and all without putting a, a spring game out on the field. I know, typically this weekend charles was the weekend we would spend our whole time looking at every single pass uh but it got caught up in the recruiting momentum and i think they timed it out well to get people really fired up for the future no absolutely uh didn't win there a scrimmage this week yes there was a scrimmage on saturday there was a scrimmage the saturday before did you did you happen to know any little birdies that were flying around Kroger Field on any of those Saturdays? I did not. Um, I knew a couple birdies that were for some practices, not ah, for the scrimmages. Gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> no more bird inside info. No, no more birds. Okay, well, we got some good news from the scrimmage. It was relatively vague. We also got some bad news. I'm just going to get the bad news out of the way, Freddie, because I don't, yeah, I don't like to let it linger. But De'Aaron Jackson tore his Achilles. Uh, just going through warmups before their first scrimmage. And yeah. he was, he was positioning himself to be, uh, Jamin Davis's replacement. That, that battle was far from over, but he was yeah. really, he, he had a solid spring. He'd slim down and he was, he was on a trajectory to, to get that spot. Yeah. Incredibly hard worker, uh, changed his body to get to where he is this year was this year to be able to play at Mike, uh, was, was certainly in the mix. I think, I think it's a stretch to think that anybody had a, a, a huge lead in that Mike linebacker uh, position battle that we're going to see go through into fall camp, which is going to be very interesting. Uh, but, yeah, he, he, I feel so bad for, for Jackson because he worked so hard. Uh, he's a team guy. The guys love him, and, and he was set to, to, to start off with a bang and move into, you know, possibly move into the playing role. I don't know about starter, but definitely God playing time, and I just feel terrible for him. It's just a reminder, you know, Charles, football is not a contact sport. It is a violent sport. And unfortunately, injuries are part of it. And I hate it, especially in spring practice. And I hate it for, for a young man that has done so much to get to where he is now, uh, was before the injury in Jackson. Uh, I hope he has a great, healthy, speedy recovery. No, I mean, you said it best. It's, it's the worst part about the sport. I'll – uh I'll never forget Dorian Baker's injury going into my senior year. And it was, I, I, I don't even know what he did. He t- tore, I guess, was it an ACL? Yeah. I don't remember if it was that or if it was an ankle that he tore up or he, he did something though, that, that put him out for the year. And I think it was that first scrimmage of fall camp, you know? Yeah. It was crazy. Cause you know, with Dorian, he's just such a workhorse that, you know, he really only plays like 10 to 15 plays in the scrimmages because they don't want to get him hurt because they know he only goes either 0% or 100%. And we went out. It was a wide receiver screen, so I was going out to block. Again, saw what happened, got rolled up on, and 
first thing I did was just got on my knee, took my helmet off, got on my knee, and was like, all right, you know, this is – ain't no coming back from this one. Yeah. That year, and, that year. And, and you heard Mark Stoops talk about the next next man up, and that's what Kentucky has to do. Had to do it last year with Jamin Davis. And, you know, Chuck, I'm sure you'll remember the first time you heard move the drill from one of your buddies just laying down there with a blown knee or – elbow facing the wrong direction or something. I mean, it, it, it you know, that, that, that's a phrase you learn very quickly is, you know, you want to go down and, and be with your friends that got hurt and the coaches yell and move the drill. We got to run, run the next play. And it's just, it says, this is the way it is. It's unfortunate. And, and speaking of the next man up, Drew, they could go the way of the portal. I know that there's, there's certainly options out there. They've already got one in there with Luke Fulton. They could get others, but, don't know if they're going to need to get others because that Trevin Wallace guy, he's pretty good. Pretty good at the game of football. Yeah, uh, Wallace is a standout for so early, but I'm still confident we can see Fulton out of Michigan State playing that role. Uh, you, we Both of you said next man up. It shows how important depth is in a program when a guy, even yeah. though Jackson's not exactly proven, we all know he's going to get plenty of minutes. And it yeah. shows that there are options, some young, some that Stoops brought in that he, he's built depth at every position for when these circumstances come up. So it is unfortunate, but there are names there. Not a lot of names that have played any minutes yet, mm -hmm. but names that you have a little confidence that they can slide in and, and pick up where Jackson was doing well. You know, I think Drew nailed it there. I mean, you know, I think sometimes we get too caught up in the Sam, Mike, Will, Jack, whatever. Kentucky's going to put out the four best linebackers that they can put on the field at the same time. Mm -hmm. And you're going to see some players playing – you're going to see when J hopefully J.J. Weaver comes back and, and right. is able to play in the opener, you're going to see J.J. Weaver and Jordan Wright on the field at the same time. They have played the same position, but you're, you're going to see all kinds of different looks. Brad, what I think, I think it's going to be more of a substitution year yeah. instead of a base year because you're going to have to plug and play at the defensive end outside linebacker position to get pass rush and to stop the run, and, you, and you're going to go medium. So you're going to see a lot of different numbers in that second level of the Kentucky secondary. Yeah, and uh, another one we didn't mention, too, is Jared Casey. Uh, yeah. It's kind of nice having a larger – got a guy like DeAndre Square who yeah, just knows every position. And even though he might not have the – like you said, he might be the will. He can be the leader that steps up into that role. Yeah. Make sure others know what they're doing. I know they said Casey's gone – he's gone a long way now that he's – got a year underneath him but you know it's just some people aren't ready to hop in the fire just to get thrown in right away i know people are going to want to temper expectations for trevin wallace i'm not i'm not going to be one of those like sorry charlie yeah. there's there's well and, and it's also one of those things where you might have it's kind of like lane and young lane and young did not need to play as a true freshman until he needed to play as a true freshman when cole Mosier went down in that game at florida i think the same thing just happened with trevin wallace where I think they were going to try to bring him in in spells and, you know, get some special teams work in and, you know, maybe 20% of the snaps here and there. But I do think you're going to see, like you said, Freddie, a lot more of rotating guys in where, yeah. you know, maybe Casey gets 30%, you get Wallace 30%, Fulton 25, 30%. There'll be a lot of subbing in and out, which is a good, good thing Kentucky doesn't play Ole Miss this year. Yeah, absolutely, because <laughs> defense can only sub if the offense does. That's that's why tempo is such a weapon offensively. But, but yeah, it's, it's going to be best four linebackers that they can get on the field at any time, a lot of rotation. I think it's going to be the linebacker position. And several of those roles are going to be done by committee. Mm -hmm. Now, and you got, 
Brad White, Coach Summerall, they still have quite a bit of time to, to yeah. figure things out and coach some guys up at positions they might not have been ready to play otherwise. That's a good yeah. point, Drew. It's not like this is just the week before and we're, you know. Yeah, if this all... was week four, we panic. <laughs> right, yeah. right. Um, but so that was that was unfortunate. It was bad news. But I do want to go through some of our spring football winners and spring football losers. Wasn't a whole lot of losers out there because spring football is great. <laughs> it's glorious. Uh, we just, you know, get out there, chop it up, get better. It's a lot of Mark Stoops' rah-rah, get back to work. Charles Walker, I'm going to let you go first. Who is a winner from this spring football? Am I talking about players or am I talking about just spring Whatever. football winners? <laughs> The fan base, because <laughs> you get to watch football. Is that if I? Ooh, on the yeah, night? but n- nobody got to watch football though, Charles. So that's a bad answer. You would get zero yeah. points in Family Feud. They're the losers. Yeah, that that's literally if you were going to pick losers, fans are the number one Damn losers. It. Like, sorry, we lost. We didn't get to watch football. So eat it, Charles. You get the X. On to the next one, Drew Franklin. Uh, I'm not going to do the obvious because I know you all think I'm going to say Mark Juan McCall, who is a winner, mm-hmm. but I don't want to sound like a broken record on this podcast. I'm going with Josh Ali because oh. everything I've heard mm. about Wandell Robinson and some of the other pass catchers has been very exciting. And it means he, Josh Ali will no longer be a one man show and, and he can thrive in a fun group. I spoke to someone who knows the team quite well on Friday, and I thought they were going to cry with excitement talking about how good Wanda Robinson has looked. So yeah. for that, I'm making Josh Ali a winner. He has a little That's a good point, That's a good- though, uh, because, Freddie, you can only pay so much attention to one guy. And Josh yeah. Ali, you almost felt bad for him last year because they were – that's all defense has had to focus on in the past game. Yeah, I, I'm going to go two winners. I'm going to go the quarterback position as a whole uh, because of what Lee and Cohen has brought in as a quarterback-friendly system. And they're having fun. They're playing with confidence, and they're completing passes. And then the second position I'm going to go with would be the tight ends uh, because I do think Kentucky is going to use multiple tight ends in different roles throughout the season. And, and you're going to – well, it's a luxury – because three of your better pass catchers are at the tight end position, other than Wondell and Josh Ali, you have uh, you know Upshaw, Rig, and and Brendan Bates. So uh, those two positions stick out to me. But an individual that I think has leaped from being a role player to possibly being a dude would be Carrington Valentine at corner. Mm. I think I think he has progressed that much and shown that much in spring practice that he is ready to be a starting corner in the Southeastern Conference. Uh, that was another dude who was at uh, Keontae's commitment, one of those aspirations yeah. kid, who uh, he gave Wondell a lot of credit because he was like, yeah, that was one of the first guys I went one-on-one with. If that doesn't you know, throw your feet to the fire as a high school sophomore going up against senior year Wondell Robinson, nothing will wake you up. So Carrington Valentine, he's, he's a rising star. There's one other guy, too, who really – I mean, it's kind of obvious, but has really stepped his game up. It's Josh Pascal. Uh, yeah. And the like, Yusuf Corker, he's uh, what I, reserve might be a good word for him. When he was asked about Josh Pascal, he lit up. He was so excited to talk about Josh. Not, I think some of it is because he's happy for him, 
uh, you know, in Pascal's case, he's had so much just dealing with cancer. I mean, they love him as a as a teammate, but he's gone through a lot, and it's been a steady climb uphill. He's changed positions, I don't know, back and forth, back and forth, jack defensive end, jack defensive end. He's finally had a year of just playing one spot and being healthy, and Yusuf's like, man, I, I get two steps into my drop, and he's already made the play. Like, it's already over, and – Stoops referred to him as a game wrecker. And that's what, that's what Freddie need, or excuse me. That's what Kentucky needs this year, Charles. They need some dude back there raising all kinds of hell in the backfield because I, I mean, just look at what happened the last time you had a Josh raising hell in the backfield. Kentucky's defense was, was pretty damn good. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I finally have caught on to this section. So I'm going to redo my answer. Okay, good. I'm going to say the defense as a whole, because when you talk about leaders, you have Yusuf Corker in the DB space, I'll say. Josh Paschal leading the front. And then you got DeAndre Square in the middle. It's going to be a hell of a good defense there, gentlemen. Yeah. And it and starts they- with all three of them just being great human beings that also happen to be really good football players. I agree, Chuck. I, I think DeAndre Square is, is one of the better leaders that I've seen in that program. Uh, and it's starting to surface that the fans and, and media, we can see it. Uh, but DeAndre Square, man, he, he would be a, a, a great Army officer. I mean, he is just a leader. I love everything about that kid. And, and I hope I hope he has a season that can shoot him up the draft uh, projections like Jamin Davis. But uh, I think DeAndre Square is ready to lead that defense. Drew, I can't believe you didn't say uh, Bully McCall. Uh, yeah. I just didn't want to be too obvious. I mean, it's like always my go-to answer. I love him so much. We all know he was a winner. Uh, now, now that I know we're, we're grouping them up a little more, I have a group of winners I can add to the fold. Oh, oh, more winners? I, I was just going to add to Charles is one reason why the defense is a winner is because they're seeing an offense that's challenging them on a regular basis. That's got to make them better, right? Yeah, of course. Drew was gonna go. <laughs> All right, Drew, go. Hit me. Hit me. Group of winners. Uh, Nick, I'll I'll answer for you. You were right. That's oh, great. Thank you. Great additional a... point. <laughs> uh, I'm going to add a group of young men that we are going to call the early enrollees, because mm. I don't remember a group of early enrollees being bragged on as much as this group from Kaya Sharon at quarterback. Already talking about Jagger getting playing time right in the backfield. Yeah. Um, I guess you could really call Wandell oh. earlier. He's a transfer. But the, right. the true freshmen that came in and started early, they've said Magwood really positive. Too. Magwood, yes. I'm very surprised by how much early praise there's been for those guys. Yeah, I uh, going back to Charles's little birdies that he had, uh, I, I'm hearing from, from my sources that Magwood had a really good spring and finished strong. So – uh, that that's good. That's something that Kentucky needs there at the receiver position. Yeah, and there's one other player I wanted to mention because I completely forgot this human existed. It was one of those summer stories where, oh, he's joined the program, and then you just never hear about him again. But each scrimmage, he's had one of those big plays, and that's Rashawn Lewis. Player. He's going to be a player. <laughs> yeah. He, uh, yeah. He, he's the son of Ray Lewis. Yeah. His older brother came along here for a year too, but he finished up last year. Rashawn's a receiver who started out at, I believe, FIU or Central Florida, maybe even both. It's uh, FAU. FAU. Is it not? Yeah. Well, there's an FIU too. There's there's multiple. Uh, there's an international and an Atlantic Florida. Who 
Who would have thunk it? Joey Sweetwater was coaching FAU, though. Yes, so. freshwater, freshwater. Freshwater, freshwater. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Dale Saltwater's cousin. Uh, <laughs> but Rashawn Lewis was a guy that I never I never expected much. I just thought it was cool. Ray Lewis's kid played for Kentucky. I thought that would be a nice little, oh, okay. But he showed up, and I think it also shows that, Freddie, they're really – for these wide receivers, they're placing a premium on speed. They're yeah. making exceptions for a big guy or two, but for the most part, it's all about speed with these dudes. Yeah, it's about speed. It's about catching the football and then yards after the catch. I mean, I think that's another big factor because if you think back, Kentucky averaged, what, 5.5 yards per attempt a year ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you got to increase that. And there was very little yards after catch for Kentucky last year. And I think that's an emphasis. And you're seeing Lewis, you're seeing Magwood, and obviously, Wandale and Josh and these mm-hmm. receivers make plays, which uh, which should be should be a boost for Kentucky because, you know, right now, I mean, looking back, the quarter how the quarterbacks and receivers go on that offense is really going how, you know, the number the, the amount of points that Kentucky can score per game. So, uh, I'm hearing good things about the receivers. So that's a positive for me. And I'll, I'll clear you up. He started in Central Florida, and then went to Florida Atlantic, and then. Gotcha. And he was okay. a defensive back, fun fact. Oh, and so now he's getting the chance to play receiver. I see. Yeah. I see. So I like fire that. whoever made him a defensive back. It, uh, <laughs> he's now Tennessee's coach. <laughs> <laughs> and we've come full circle. Hmm. Uh, but I I also like, too, that when you see pictures and highlights, these dudes, when they're open, they're pretty wide open. Yeah. And it's – you can scheme up getting players open. I know last year, like, well, is it guys just not getting open? Are they not able to get separation? You can create separation if you run good plays. And Taj Dodson was a dude who got a ton of praise. When they were going one-on-ones, there's Josh Ali five yards downfield catching a touchdown pass past him. And it's just great to hear that we're making vertical. Like, I don't think that there's been a vertical play made downfield since Lynn Bowden's 50-yard touchdown at Florida. I mean, Charles Walker was the running the sidelines the last time that was happening with any consistent basis. So I'm just excited for to, to just see a little aerial offensive tax, to see some explosive plays downfield because the running backs for as good they've been great. Imagine how good they'd be if the if the defense had to get on their heels a little bit before the ball was snapped. And everything you're saying, uh, I'm not gonna call this person a winner because they actually have to win. But Liam Cohen, so far, as he's working in his system of working with these guys, he's a big reason why we're getting excited about getting downfield a little more and uh, the offense kind of going a new direction. Oh, man. But still not calling him a winner. He's got to actually win to be a winner. <laughs> Different for coaches. That's, that's, that's 100% true. Uh, I don't want to spend much time on losers, but if we're going to have spring winners, we got to have spring losers. I think the first and most obvious loser is Tennessee, which, you know, we can all agree. Uh, <laughs> check the scoreboard. The last time Kentucky played Tennessee, they were, they were losers. It's, it's an undeniable fact. Check, check, check the stats for me, Drew. Are we, are we sure? Is that still true? Yes. Uh, that's a big loss. Okay. Big loss. Uh, shame. You couldn't have Louisville lose again. Um, Cause like we said, they, they don't have any commits. Uh, they haven't beat Kentucky in almost a thousand days in the sport of football, maybe even more. I'm not keeping track. Uh, but they're big losers. But I do Can I give a Louisville scoop. Just oh, yeah. really said this publicly. Please. It's not like that advanced, but I got some little sources, and they just I don't even think anyone really likes Scott Satterfield. I'm talking players, people around Louisville, 
I just don't think anyone really is a big fan of him. I think it's kind like of like his own team. I think kind yeah. of hates him. I mean, that's why. So there's that. His coaches all left him. The guys that were yeah. his guys, you know. I mean, yeah. it's not looking good over there. Start the countdown. Can we just, if we get to this point again, can we please have him hang around for the last game? Because we, Vince Tyree took away beating Bobby Petrino by a million points and watching him just be mad on the sideline. That was taken from us. We earned the right to watch them get their faces beaten. Don't don't take Scott Satterfield away from us before we can see him crying about L's down again. Please, Vince Tyree, for the love of God, throw us a freaking bone. That was tough not having Petrino that year. Forgot about that. I know Charles wanted to see it. He still is trying to get in another shot in that fight at midfield. <laughs> did you did you did you throw any uh any blows in that, Charles, back in the day? I don't even know. Probably not. I think I was fair catching punts in preparation for doing that. You were probably the lucky minutes Adam later. They're like, yeah, hold me back. Hold me back. <laughs> I was handling it all. So I let him do it. Uh, I, it. This is random. And I'm just, I'm just thinking, like just seeing Charles. I'm like, oh, you remember that time that one thing happened? When I wrote that Pasco article today, I thought about that first play from his first game back at Southern Miss. Holy crap, he blew up that kid. Edo Smith, my God. That was a great play. Yeah, he killed him. <laughs> that was also the hottest football game I've ever that's ever been played on earth. Hattiesburg, <laughs> Mississippi, it was it 3.30 or 2.30 or noon? I don't oh. even know. I didn't even know the time because it was so M- hot. Middle of the day, scalding hot. God, oh. You know what though, Southern Lord. Miss, they put on a good show. Hopefully that program bounces back. They got they got a proud they got a proud fan base. They're really bad right now. And Charles, you're partially responsible. Yeah, yeah, I like Hattiesburg. Yeah. Southern Miss is going downhill. They were they were really good there for a while. Beat up, beat Kentucky. And was it the, the opening of the new stadium? Was that am I correct on that? Uh no, that was the year after. No, that was Louisiana Lafayette. Yeah, oh, okay. Boom scored on the first play. They couldn't get the okay. clock to work. Yeah. 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 But yeah. So the Miss got a W in Lexington. So that just shows you, you know, that that's a program that there's talent in the state of Mississippi. So somebody can come in there and get it right. Yeah. Kentucky's busy stealing it. Um, I did just want to make one final complaint that, like, I really just wanted to see a spring football game. I just – I don't think it was too much to ask. There was plenty of other spring games happening elsewhere where there wasn't many fans in stands. I, I, I've seen a lot of people very angry that, you know, UK tweeted that donors were there. First off, that was just very stupid. Everybody, like, we all knew that folks who, folks who donate money get to go to practices and scrimmages all the time. That's nothing new. What's new is saying, hey, you can't watch the spring game, but we're very happy that these people got to. Like, that was kind of rubbing our faces in it. And nobody else got to watch any practices at all. Not media, not not anything. And that was just, it was just a bummer. I just wanted to have something to say because, I mean, Drew, I wasn't going to go. We, we weren't going to be sharing all of Liam Cohen's secrets just by watching a boring scrimmage. I mean, it, 
I, I was just I was frustrated. I was annoyed, especially watching all the other spring games around the country because it got me fired up for football. Just seeing other football on TV, even if it was the Vanderbilt Commodores without numbers on their jerseys, the dumbest thing. I've, <laughs> and they, God, Vandy, you they just continue to Vandy. It, it's it's unreal. On the UK thing, I won't go off on the rich versus poor debate that uh, just sadly exists in the world. But I was severely disappointed just the entire spring. I know they're trying to hide it. But you also have an obligation to get fan excitement up so you can, you know, have fans that buy tickets and keep your program going forward. So I was just disappointed just all throughout. Like the, I guess we'd get pictures and a, a guy catching a pass here and there. Right. Okay. You didn't show the whole game. I think you should have whatever. Give us something, even if it's like, like the basketball team, even though it's boring, does those drills for the NBA, yeah. we're just watching them do drills. It's basic practice stuff, but we still get into that. Just show us a random practice. You don't have to open the playbook. Yeah, even the the, the boring parts of the beginning where they're just doing individual drills, you got cameras going around, put it on your Instagram live or whatever, just something. And that was that, that was the part that was really frustrating to me because it's almost like they were doing just the least amount of possible to try to generate fan interest. And, 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 and in turn, it's really just been, well, here's how we'll get people excited. We'll just get a bunch of four-star recruits to commit. And it's worked. It's worked swimmingly, but it's I, I I still am frustrated that the well we're going to we're gonna try to do different things to expose our program. Go on on BBN tonight. Like, sorry, no one cares. Like, just no. oh, more interviews. Like, we don't need that. We let's do something fun here. This is spring football. It's supposed to be fun, and that was something that was just missed out. Uh, and I, you know, I'm, I'm a little disappointed. Like to your point, we all knew that they were being secretive because they have a new offensive coordinator and they're having new. Uh, quarterback we understand that but okay make that a thing like we're being quiet we'll all get on board with it but it was a slap in the face to be like all right everybody you can't see it but look at these people they get to see it it's just <laughs> like that was that was a little much it was silly it was silly um, but we don't got to beat the dead horse it's going to be awesome watching him kick the teeth out of louisiana monroe i mean that's basically going to be our spring game freddie Ooh, i have yeah. a proposal though let's have a spring game but except another football team. So Cincinnati, come on down I-75. We'll play a scrimmage. You know, I, I don't know about you, Chuck, but I think I'd have a lot more fun at spring ball if the final week was like a mini game plan to play against another team. Well, I absolutely 100% agree. Um, I guess the only downside is opportunity for injury. But, no, I think it'd be awesome. Cincinnati's up and up, led by St. X man. Desmond Ritter, good little program going on down there. I think it'd be a great game. Yeah, I got a total different look uh, outlook on that. I, I I would not be for it. Oh, because I mean, do you do you want to risk Chris Rodriguez or, or Darian Kennard, Yusuf Corker, any of those guys, and and for a scrimmage? And, and not every program has the same goal for spring practice. I mean, some programs don't go in pads until the final week, and you can't get ready for a game like that. And then other programs rest older players or starters. So uh, there's there's not enough consistencies on how teams approach spring practice for me to say that I would be for playing a, a an opponent at the end of spring practice. See, I, I think you're right, Freddie. But if you got coaches on the same page, I think it'd be fun. Like Stoops has a good relationship with Dean Hood. I know that's you know you're, you're you'd be playing against an OVC team. Uh, I, I I can't think of coaches off the top of my head that Stoops is pals with. 
Um, Spurrier's not coaching anywhere right now. I know the Stoopses and Spurriers are, are big buds. But I just it would just be fun because at the end of the day, sports are supposed to be fun. And I think it could be a nice little treat because the 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 FCS football has been relatively fun. I saw Dean Hood was coach of the year in the league. Day-Day Hawkins, uh, he was all OVC as well. And uh, even our boy uh, from Lafayette, Walker Wood, scored a couple touchdowns running the, the Wildcat near the end zone uh, for McNeese State. So it's been kind of fun having that as a side thing. I just – I don't know. I'm coming up with kooky ideas because I didn't get to watch my team play. Yeah. I, I kind of have a solution that helps both of you. Oh, okay. Nick, you want a, a fun game at the very front to get some no, – no risk here of losing, just kind of get some practice in, beat up on a team that sucks. Why don't we just put Louisville back at the front of the schedule? Ah. It counts. <laughs> it serves that purpose. You drill them, and then you go on and start playing real teams. Man, that's a good point, Drew. You know, they're your uh, – it's it's – it's like the movie uh, Longest Yard, you know. You want to beat your Southwestern Divisional State. So they – well, no, the, the the guards, they lost. You got it. Yeah, but no, they, we beat the crap out of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Beat the crap out of Louisville. Good idea, Drew. If you want to play a crap team, just play them. <laughs> oh, man. I love that this is uh, April 19th and – we're just using this entire podcast as an excuse to dump on Tennessee. <laughs> and you know what? We couldn't be doing this without Justice Dental. Big shout out to Justin, Justice Dental and Dr. Thompson, who he's running. I think he might uh, end up hooking up with us. He was at his son's Little League baseball game today. Um, yeah, Henry had a game at 530, so hopefully he can join us. Yeah, and, and if you can't, you can join him at any of their two locations. Uh, they've got one. Over there by you, Drew, in Hamburg, if I'm correct, and also one over by the Fayette Mall uh, in Christian Academy. So both sides of town, uh, full dental. You don't have to go a bunch of different places. They do all the surgical stuff. They do easy cat. They, they do everything at Justice Dental. Go visit them, justicedental.com. There two weeks ago, great television in front of me while they did my little cleaning, watched some love it or list it, in and out. <laughs> pain, pain was stripped of the dentist. <laughs> all right i got a game for us oh oh okay okay <clears throat> you're an nfl team general manager you need a quarterback that's not named trevor lawrence do you go with zach wilson justin fields trey lance or mac jones who do you go with drew franklin you're the veteran of the bunch you go first well, I kind of fancy myself uh, NFL GM anyway. I, I did sign Bud Dupree to Nashville this past offseason. That's right. And I'm telling you, I am throwing Mac Jones out of the pile, and I'm not, I don't even want him near my list. Part Ooh. of that is still just a little animosity, still a little wounded from, from <laughs> uh, him committing to the Cats. But uh, yeah, I, I read a lot about what they say about Wilson. I just didn't watch him much in college or haven't kept up with. So for the sake of this exercise, I will put my name behind Justin Fields being a future NFL star. Okay, Charles? I'm kind of leaning towards Justin Fields as well. You know, he's kind of getting snubbed. Um, I think he's a good leader on the field and off the field. He's athletic as can be. And again, I think he's going to go into his whole career with that chip on his shoulder that no one wanted him. And I like betting on the underdog if, if you even consider him that. See, I 
I'm throwing Zach Wilson out because he had one game to win and he couldn't beat Coastal Carolina. Like, dude, th- this is your one game you have to win. Go win it. And I'm really tempted to do the same thing with Fields because he was an absolute wizard in that Clemson game. Make no mistake about it. To come back after taking that hit to – I mean, he played out of his mind. But the only other two tough teams he played all year, he was really terrible. Just ask my wife. She was screaming at him for playing like a sissy. Just wake up, you sissy. I mean, she was screaming at him because against Indiana, he had his head two ways up his butt. And then the same thing happened against Alabama. I I don't like guys that can't handle the pressure. Now, with that being said, I don't know if I can go to Trey Lance as the next guy because I know that they take their football serious in Fargo, but – I mean, he also opted, or he he only got one game in this year. So I I just in general, Freddie, am I'm everybody thinks this is a great quarterback class. I say nay, it is not a great quarterback class. I'm not sold either, Nick. And but if I had to take any of those quarterbacks, I would go with Trey Lance, North Dakota State. I was a big fan of his a couple of years ago, and uh, yeah, they only played one game with him, and then they had the spring schedule. Uh, which they've they've gotten two losses this year, which is strange for for North Dakota State yeah. for the Bison to have any losses. So, but no, I, I like Trey Lance. I think he's got a big arm. I love how he can move in the pocket. But I, I think he's a pocket passer, uh, and I, I like everything about him. I would take Trey Lance from North Dakota State. You know what I found weird, Freddie, is that nobody wants. What? What was that? Nobody wants Zach Wilson? No. Go ahead. Sorry. I, I was behind. I was going to say nobody wants Kyle Trask. <laughs> I think I'm lagging a little bit. <laughs> All I, right. do not next, want, I do not want Kyle Trask. That's Next game. Record. You are an NFL general manager, and you are in need of a pass catcher. I'm going to give you some options. You make the choice. Kyle Pitts, tight end Florida. Jamar Chase, receiver, LSU. Jalen Waddle, receiver, Alabama, or Devontae Smith, receiver, Alabama. Charles, you're up first. So, so the Heisman guy is last of the group. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's how good they are. Yeah. Oh. Funny that everyone kind of puts him last, and he's not really at the conversation he is. Um, I like Jamar Chase. It kind of goes back to what your current room looks like now and what you need. Um, Kyle Pitts is a beast. I, I, those are my top two right there. And if I had to pick one. You pick who? I'm taking Kyle Pitts. Okay. Nick Roush. I'm, I'm the same because tight end has become such a I, – I, I hate the term unicorn. They use it all the time in basketball, and it's stupid. But you can do so much with – a great tight end. I know Gronk was the first big one that Brady really leaned on, but Travis Kelsey, the stuff that they can do with him running screens, and they take up so much attention in the middle of the field. The slot receivers, I think if if you're really desperate one, you can find one, but I don't think you can find guys like Kyle Pitts out there every day. So I'm I'm going with Kyle Pitts as well. Drew? Because you can't put a My DB on it. It's too big. No, you, you're exactly right, Chuck. And I, I just, I don't, I mean, a safety maybe? I don't know. Pitts is a, a freaking stud. I, I lost the internet connection when the question was read, but I heard answers. And if Kyle Pitts an option, I don't even know what the question is, but I'm taking him because that dude is the real deal. <laughs> you know, I think it's a clean sweep right now. I'm, I'm going Kyle Pitts, 6'6, 240, can fly, 
can can make 50-50 catches. I love I love his game. Uh, I think he can play receiver. He can play online tight end, flex tight end. There's so many things you can do with him. I'm taking Kyle Pitts. Okay, one more and we're done. You are a general well, manager. Hold on, what did I pick Kyle Pitts for? Uh, you needed a pass catcher. Yeah. One feature in the punch you in the face. <laughs> You're an NFL GM, and you need a defensive player. Do you take Micah Parsons, linebacker, Penn State, Caleb Farley, cornerback, Virginia Tech, Christian – I'm sorry, uh, Patrick Sertain, cornerback, Alabama, or Aziz Argillary, outside linebacker, Georgia? Who do you take, Nick Roush? Well, you left the one I was going to take. It was going to be Jamin Davis, but well, since yeah, that's not an option. Yeah, excluding Jamin Davis. <laughs> uh, I think I'm taking Sertan. Uh, I am very anti-opt-out, guys. And I believe Micah Parsons just had surgery or something like that. And I know people love him and all that, but I'm I'm anti-opt-outers. Yeah. All in on Patrick Sertan, cornerback. Call me bias. I don't care. Uh, but he was really, really Really good for Alabama. And uh, last I checked, they, they make some pretty good NFL players down in Tuscaloosa. Drew, who you got? I was going to go Sertan, but uh, to be different, I'll, I'll go Caleb Farley. I'm uh, definitely going cornerback in, in part because my team needs a cornerback, so I've been looking at those guys closely. Uh, boss man Fett's not quite high enough the list for me, so I'll go Farley. Were you Charles? said – I'm again, I, I don't want to be too cliche, but Sertan and Bama, you, you're disciplined. Nick Saban teaches you that, and you learn from one of the greatest. And like I said, you have that Bama mentality. You just know they run such a tight ship there. He was successful. I'm taking him. I'm going to go with somebody off the list. I should have I named, but I didn't. Defense, defensive interior lineman Christian Barmore from Alabama. Uh, the way he played throughout the playoffs, he was dominant. Uh, I think he can transition into a dominant player in the National Football League. I'm going Christian Barmore from Alabama. All right, Nick, I, I've I've taken over the show enough. I just had those three games for our entertainment. I, I just thought, too, Freddie, that it's been kind of odd to see. It's not just my uh, bullish, hey, opt-outs, get the hell out of here. But I do think that it was weird that when Panay Sewell opted out, he was going to be a top five pick, and that's no longer the case. Now, some of it's they get more yeah. hyped on the quarterbacks, but I do think that some of these opt-out guys just not having – Rondell Moore, he, he's another one too that without – I guess he ended up playing a few games, but he's now more likely going to be a second-round guy uh, than a than a, in a first-rounder. And, you know, you mentioned all those other pass catchers. So it, it's – I think that I, I'm just being a meathead college football guy when I say that, but at the same time, it does feel like the overwhelming sentiment is that most of those opt-out guys haven't really done themselves any favors. They've really just fallen. Now, that may change come draft night, but at least in the lead-up to the draft, there, there hasn't been this consensus supporting those guys. No, I absolutely agree. And both those guys have had injury issues going into the – to the draft, Caleb Farley, I think, had a back surgery. So that's a lot of questions for a cornerback. So, yeah, I, of those two, I would go with Patrick Sertan. Get it, cornerback. <laughs> Hurt his back. Oh, that was a good one, Freddie. You dogs. 
to add to your fun NFL draft games, let's all go on record with our Jamin Davis pick since this is the last time we'll talk before uh, it happens, likely. Is he going to be in the first round? Uh, Freddie, are you willing to say which team he's going to? I am. I think that Jamin Davis does go in the first round, Mm -hmm. and I think he goes to the Cleveland Browns at pick number 26. 26. I'll be be surprised if he goes anywhere else. Is that is that bad of me that I'm just so like I'm I'm just already certain he's he's just going to be putting on a Cleveland uniform. I mean he's he could help that defense and and that would be a great situation for Jamin because Cleveland is is right there with Buffalo, Kansas City as far as AFC champions going or or potential champions to go to Super Bowl. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Drew sitting right here, Freddie. That's oh, <laughs> and the Titans. I forgot. My bad. Yeah. <laughs> Cleveland is loading up. They they got Clowney, his washed up ass that we didn't want anymore. But I, I, I would like that pick for Jamin. I just think uh, with all the buzz about him since the season ended and the numbers he's putting up and everything, I think somebody's going on in the first round, especially Cleveland if he's there at 26. How? I would, I would love to see 24 to the Steelers, but I don't know. Yeah, I don't. They I don't, need someone. I think they're going to go running back. Yeah, and I don't know what they're going to do with Big Ben. Goodness gracious! Uh, I guess they had to keep him another year, but they're—I could see them getting Kyle Trask in like the yeah. third round or something because they got to get somebody. Mason Rudolph, what a joke that guy is! I want to bash his face in with a helmet too. Dude's a joke. <laughs> uh, the Titans really need a corner, and if they don't do it immediately, which they probably will. There is boss man fat talk on down the line if if it gets to that point. Do we do we think uh, Mr. Joseph is a second rounder or a third rounder? Any? For, for my eyeballs, third, but there's been some buzz. I, I I don't know if it's how fast he went with the Magic UK whistles or what, but maybe he could get in the second. Yeah, I think for him, it's if he he had any interviews that were able to wow a team. I don't know. Um, I ultimately think he'll be a third rounder, but Chuck, there's a ton of dudes who are on day three. They're going to be just anxiously awaiting to hear their name called from Drake Jackson, Quentin Bohanna, Boogie Watson, Landon Young. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of guys who could get taken on that last day where they've got that fifth to seventh round grade. To, you just, you just don't know. You just really need one team to pick you. And I, I can't imagine uh, going through that process of day three, just sitting there waiting around to hear your name called. Technically, I did it. I really didn't think I'd be drafted. Uh, my dad, we were going to play 18 holes to not think about it. And he stopped at nine, and I watched round three through seven. <laughs> it was pretty funny now, I guess. Not so funny back then. <laughs> But the worst part is some guys wait for that call and it never comes. At least I had one opportunity. Mm-hmm. But no, I mean it's uh, you know, you've pretty much worked your whole life for this that day. It was a couple days, so views when you get when you get into the late rounds, the interviews really can make you stand out. So, well. And, and if it's not the interviews too, it's also just a little stuff like your workouts. I mean, Freddie, we saw Big George 
get taken by the Giants in the seventh yeah. round. And I don't think he's still in the league two or three years later, but you know, I'm not he, sure. He had a couple nice paydays though. Uh, and yeah. it was all because of that exceptional pro day. And there, there were a couple guys at this year's pro day that, that I think probably did enough. I'm, I'm really hopeful that Landon Young will get taken. And I'm, I'm, I'm pretty certain that Drake will, I think Drake's probably in that fifth, sixth round, you know, even though yeah. he's undersized, he does a, he has a lot of desirable traits that you want in an interior yeah. offensive lineman. So, uh, I, I just, I'm just, you know, you, you keep your fingers crossed. You hope those guys, uh, at least, uh, Jacob Tammy told me once, everybody's going to get a shot. Uh, it's just when you get it. And for some of them, it'll be undrafted and they'll get to, you know, choose their own adventure. And for others, it's, it's that, that late round where you just hope you can turn that into making one cut and then the next cut and then the next cut and then the next cut. Yeah. I think Brandon Nichols is a player that, that we could see come off the too. board. Yeah. yeah. I think he did himself uh, a lot of good at pro day. And I think he's a guy that could play that third corner on the slot uh, position. So hopefully he'll hear his name called at the end of this month. Oh, Charles man. said uh, in those late rounds, it can be just interviews or you all said other things. One thing it can be is your college coach. And five, ten years ago, Stoops in Kentucky didn't have much built up yet. But, you know, with the success they turned out the last couple of years, now guys in that seventh, sixth round, they might go, man, he played for Stoops in Kentucky. And what used to not carry much weight in the NFL draft, it's, yeah. it's gradual, but it's getting better and better. I think, you're, I think you nailed it, Drew, and I think – I look at two positions there, uh, mm -hmm. offensive line, obviously, uh -huh. and then secondary. linebacker, well, and secondary and linebacker, uh -huh. three positions that that Coach Stoops has had a lot of success developing and putting in the pro level. Yeah, if I'm in a NFL draft war room, which, by the way, did you all see the Rams? Oh, yes. <laughs> all right, they're just showing off. I want them to lose everything now. Glad we have William <laughs> Cohen, great guy. But, uh, lost my train of thought. Oh, if I'm in my draft room and it's the seventh round, I'm looking at a piece of paper and it says Landon Young or so-and-so from wherever, I'm thinking, oh, the big blue wall, man, they, they churn them out. And I think it, UK is getting to a point where that really matters. You can help push you go over the top of someone else if it's so close. Yeah, and then also they look at locker room. What, what are you going to bring to that locker room? And Landon Young won, won many off-the-field accolades at Kentucky. So things like that matter. Courtney Love is doing a great job there at player development. And, and a lot of those players are, are you know, Luke Ford and or more are actually involved in the community. And I think that's something the NFL teams look at as well. Man, one thing I'm also really looking forward to, kind of not really, but uh, this year the draft is following on Derby week. So, uh, guys, I'm handing the keys of the car to you all. I'm just going to be watching and cheering from home after being at the racetrack all day. Uh, excluding Saturday, I will not, I will have zero peeps of whatever's happening on Saturday, but Thursday, Friday, though, it's going to be a great way to wind down after a long day of horse racing. And I'm going to be just cheering my buns off for the cats. Can't wait to hear their names called. If you go as hard as you normally go during Derby, and I bet you will, since we didn't have one last year, mm -hmm. you might have to wake up the next morning and read KSR to, to kind of piece together <laughs> what all happened. So we'll make sure it's uh, nice and informative for you. I have a feeling what's going to end up happening because a lot of these guys have got a pretty decent relationship. There's going to be some drunk messages exchanged. There's there's just no there's no way around it. I'm I'm going to make a fool out of myself and it's and you know what that's what derby's for. It's for making a fool out of yourself. Uh I cannot wait 
to be back in my in my zone in the infield. It's going to be glorious. But I, I did want to bring up some draft memories. I just I didn't know if you all had any NFL drafts that really stuck out stood out to you above some other ones. Um, obviously, being in Nashville when Josh Allen was picked and it was raining, that was wild. Like that was a, a cool scene to be a part of. But that's not every other scene. Like typically, we're just watching from home, and we've been watching from home. I didn't know if there were any that that really stood out to you, Freddie. Wow, uh, I think the draft with Michael Orr uh, really hit me. Uh, that his story mm-hmm. when he came up on the stage and hugged the commissioner. I can remember that draft and, and that moment specifically uh, was a good one. And then, um, yeah, that's it. That's my favorite. I don't remember the year, but uh, with the 14th pick and Randy Moss on the board, the Titans picked a wide receiver not named Randy Moss. And that still haunts me to this day. I always play the what could have been game. Um, Really last year's draft was just kind of random because we were still in the pandemic and it was like, oh no, they have too many people in their house or like (laughs) this weird little funny moment. I just found it to be so bizarre and entertaining last year because it was really one of the first kind of events we had had after shutting down. So it was kind of like must see TV. We had lots of like Joe Burton, Joe Burrow's parents' curtains were like the top story there for a while. It was just, there was a lot happening with everybody in their homes. It was just a very entertaining draft last year. We, we I, I like the one with Kuiper and got confrontational with the Indianapolis Colts uh, oh, GM or owner. Yeah. I can't remember which one. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that, that was pretty good. Chuck, do you got one? No, I'm trying to think. I, I do like watching it. Um, Lamar Jackson has always kind of been funny to me, you know, because he had his mom be his agent, and obviously that's not her job. And then people, he was already in not the right position, and then you Mm -hmm. didn't have a real agent, and then he wondered why he went so late and missed out on millions of dollars. (laughs) So not to hop on the Louisville Mm -hmm. hate train again, but that was the first thing I thought of. Please do. Hop on. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's. Well, I think it, I think his contract's like still it was four years, nine million dollars or something crazy. That, that's, who I'm sure he'll get a. I mean, for being the generational talent he is. Yeah. And again, nine million dollars is a lot of money, and I'm sure he had a signing bonus. But, I mean, you talk about him, what he probably missed out on. That that rookie contract it'll run up soon enough. He'll sign himself a nice fat deal after this season. Oh yeah. But I'm. Um, the one y'all didn't mention. I I was an admitted NFL draft hater at first. I just I didn't get enough into the weeds to really enjoy it. And then a picture of Laramie Tunsil wearing a gas mask went out oh, on Twitter. Oh yeah! And my goodness, uh, it's never been the same. I mean, I br- I was brought all the way back, and it just hook line sinker. It got me, and I fell for it, and I've I'm never I'm never turning back. Well, in the story there, wasn't it like his stepdad or his dad that accidentally leaked it because he was mad? I'm yeah. making that up. It was well, whoever it was did so- that. That again, millions of dollars gone. Yeah, they were very upset because they weren't getting cut in, so they shared some screenshots. But what's wild too, Drew, is that Laramie Tunsil keeps giving years later. I think the Dolphins have a bunch of random draft picks this year because they traded Laramie Tunsil to the Texans, so they've got like the third pick this year. I want to say, and they were trading out of it and all that sort of stuff. So, Laramie Tunsil, he's been the gift that keeps on giving to the NFL draft years and years and years 
in year. Well, we're going to be talking. He's going to be like the Bobby Bonilla of the NFL draft five, 10 years from now. Yeah, that picture I've seen, like, it be, it's kind of become a meme. Like, I saw it recently, a couple of weeks ago on, on Twitter, someone making a joke. So, I mean, that, that's kind of a famous <laughs> draft night uh, picture. Oh, man. That, and I think, uh, was it Aaron Rodgers that got stuck waiting? No. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was. Yeah. He got he he got stuck waiting around. Liner got stuck waiting around a long time. Manziel. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And I don't I'm I think Johnny Manziel was drinking a beer in the green room, which isn't a big deal, but I think it was just the first time they'd ever really shown <laughs> the player he had a beer on the table. Man, you'd have to if you were waiting that out. I'd be sweating bullets. That's why I I, I don't know if I would even go. I'd probably just want to watch from home. I don't know. I'd be too nervous. But nevertheless, it's going to be an exciting weekend. We can't wait to watch those guys' dreams come true, especially Jamin Davis, who just really cashed in on a great year. Couldn't be happier for the guy. And, uh, man, it's exciting. It, it feels like once the draft happens, we really do finally turn the page on a new year. And we made it. We, we've done it. And it's all positive right now. Yeah. Well, recruiting NFL yeah. draft is thing. What what Vince say? I don't know how long ago it was, but he was like, "We'll never have another draft without a Kentucky player." Draft yeah. matters now. We're gonna have tons of draft memories when we're doing a podcast ten years from now. Listen to our memories. Everything comes <laughs> around football. It'll be the greatest moment in Kentucky football history. <laughs> I think this year, but I, I think next year is going to be another big year for the Cats in the draft. I mean, Kennard, Rodriguez, Corker, I mean, Josh Paschal. I mean, you could keep going. Luke Fortner, a lot of guys are going to be in the mix. So these these back-to-back years could be huge for Kentucky. Oh, man. Well, I, I, you're exactly right, Freddie. But before we move on to the next, we meet, need to move on to the next episode. Not like we're not going to stop and just start a new one, but we will thank Justice Dental for proudly supporting us. Remember to check them out at justicedental.com. And folks, in, enjoy the NFL draft, enjoy the 147th running of the Kentucky Derby. It's going to be a glorious weekend in the bluegrass and in Cleveland. Shout out to Cleveland for getting the host. I think that's why you got the Browns cap on, right, Freddie? Got to show that's Cleveland right. Some yeah. luck. I'm, I'm yeah. just getting ready. Yeah. And shout out to rolling more dice in uh, later this week, maybe yeah. tomorrow, definitely. Definitely <laughs> tomorrow. Until then, go cats and go Kroger. And peep the technique.